Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lanier. Do you worry that you're never going to have a fulfilling sex life? Is it possible you're a lousy sexual partner without even knowing it? And for as much as we think about sex, why are most guys so ignorant when it comes to being good lovers? Christiane Pelmas is back to talk about how to build sexual confidence, how your sex life is related to success, and why you may want to masturbate even more. All right, today we're talking about men and sex. And for as much as guys think about sex, it seems like most of us have no idea that our sexual lives are the equivalent of ordering off of the children's menu. So most of us have no clue what to do sexually. We don't want to admit it, but that's true, especially if we've been looking at pornography as a how-to guide. So very little, if any, information is passed down from previous generations. In our culture, we don't have a sit down with our fathers about what to actually do to please our partners or to create more pleasure for ourselves. And most of us will never even talk about sex with our parents or our elders, and maybe not even with our friends. So it would be a very rare occurrence in our culture to find a woman who could give us hands-on education. The end result is that many guys, whether they want to admit it or not, they feel insecure, they feel inadequate, or they even feel shame when it comes to sex. Worse, they have a sense of false confidence because their partner is faking pleasure or they're unwilling to provide valuable feedback for fear of rocking the boat. So what if there was another way? What if you could learn how to truly feel powerful when you were being sexual with your partner? What if you could become a student of sexuality and build confidence without all the crazy relationship awkwardness that accompanies sex. So that's why I've asked Christiane Pelmas to join us again. She's got over two decades worth of experience in the realm of relationships and sexuality, and she's the creator of the Magnificent Lover Course for Men, which you can learn more about at magnificentlover.com. Christiane, welcome back. Thank you, Trip. It's so good to be here again. I'm just going to say boner and get it out of the way. I want to get that. <laughs> That's the one word we have to get out of the way. Don't okay. say boner. No. Okay. 
Got yeah. it out of the way. Good job. Maybe we'll leave, <laughs> we're going to have fun on this call. So we'll, we'll give us an idea of what you do to help men and women sexually. What, yeah, kind of fill us in on, on your world. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, mostly what I do is give permission. Uh, because we've got a lot of innate, as mammals, we've got a lot of curiosity and a lot of desire for play um, and a lot of intelligence that comes with this package of, of, of our bodies. So we've been trained out of our curiosity. We've been trained out of our intelligence. We've been trained out of our play. Um, and we've been trained out of our desire. So mostly what happens is permission. Hey, what if you do this? Hey, what if you slow down? Hey, what if you breathe here? And so much happens when we are given the permission to do what would probably come more naturally if we weren't shamed and um, neutered out of things that really are part of our phenomenal, you know, evolutionary adaption. So, so permission for a lot of things and, and, and it goes a long way. Okay. And so what kind, and I've worked with you, my wife and I have worked with you. We've, we've, we've had the opportunity to experience the, um, what you do. And I like to, I like to tell people, it's kind of like, I feel like a senior citizen who's, who's got an iPhone and then the grandson comes in and says, Hey, did you know you can do this or you could do that? And it just blew my mind because I thought my sex life was already pretty pretty great, and then you've opened up uh, a whole new world for me and my wife. So, uh, when when people come to you, what are they? What has them reach out to you to begin with? What are the the types of things that they're saying? Hey, we want help with this. Um, yeah, yeah kind of give me an idea of that. Yeah, these days it's a, a pretty common occurrence for men to show up with this thing that we we our culture has called erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation. So we've we 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 uh, bring those down to ED and PE, and they're terrible terms. They're terrible terms, but that's that's pretty much where it's at for a lot of men. Um, that for one reason or another, because of, of use of porn or fear or shame or lack of care, you know, having permission to be curious or a relationship that has lost a lot of its desire because of, you know, whatever, men find that they're not getting hard when they want to get hard. They're not staying hard as, they, as long as they want to stay hard, hard, as long as their partners want them to stay hard. Um, that's probably the biggest single um, complaint happening okay. these days. And then what are women? Are, do women come to you as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Women, um, pro- the, the parallel complaint for women is loss of desire, loss of the capacity to feel her, her, the, the impulse to have sex, the impulse toward her partner, or the impulse towards uh, self-pleasure or masturbation, that women are finding that their orgasms are getting smaller and slighter and disappearing entirely. And so they're coming in, and guys are coming in, well, there's something wrong with me, there's something wrong with my body, or even a woman's coming and say, well, what's wrong with me? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just getting old. Like yeah. We come up with this stuff, but you're, you see something else. What do you, what do you see when, the, when people are coming in and, and they're telling themselves these stories that, oh, well, my sex life is just over. The, the, the glory days of my sex life have, are in the past. Well, so let's put this in perspective, Trip, because um, the age ranges of the folks I work with are, you know, 21, 22, sometimes 19 to 70s. So the predominant age, the average age of the clients I work with is under 45. 
So when we talk about the glory days, actually, the, the, the ED and the PE, and I'm using those terms reluctantly because they're quick, um, they're happening with men in their 20s. And that's mm-hmm. not uncommon. So, so just to put that out there, that more, we're actually finding an epidemic of, of um, the younger generations having these complaints that we used to think were just, oh, this is just because you're getting older. And even that's erroneous. There's no reason why our sex drive should go down the toilet when we're in our 70s, quite the contrary. So, um, so I, I want to make that clear to give men permission who are listening, who are in their 20s and 30s and like, hey, that's me. They're describing me. Yeah. And um, for all sorts of reasons, that's true. And it's true for women as well. Women in their 20s are coming and saying, I can't figure out how to have, you know, desire anymore. I just, you know, I'm with this amazing guy and I don't want to have sex. I just don't, I'd rather do the laundry. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and so yeah. what, what goes on in your mind when somebody says that? Do you, do you, do you connect something in there or do you get curious about something? I just, I just love to see from your perspective because uh, it can be this fatal story. Imagine what happened, how long they've, they've been in this world before they reached out and even said something to you. I just think about the years that they don't get back in their lives, especially enjoying sex. So, you know, what do you see possible when somebody says a story like, I, I just don't feel my desire anymore? Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty straight shot. That's the beautiful thing about this. It's a pretty straight shot. It can, it can feel really elusive, but, um, the straight shot is that you, the question to have here for all of these folks, but for women, we're talking uh, her capacity to actually slow down and feel the impact, uh, feel impact in any area of her life. And is she actually able to stop, slow down, feel joy here, feel pleasure there? Or has she gotten so um, focused on achieving and, um, and getting and and learning in a very masculine way that she's no longer available to receive, um, to receive the impact of pleasure, joy, Mm -hmm. anything, anything that might come, not just sex. Um, a lot of this comes from trauma, from being touched in ways we don't want to be touched, uh, from feeling like our beauty and our attraction is not safe. Women learn to close things down. And if we close down in one area, all areas close down. So it's not like we can just choose, well, I'm not going to do this one thing, but I get to still have all this other stuff. Right. Just, you know, sadly, it's not a buffet menu like that. So, so for women, it's different than for men. Um, and for men, what feels, um, what seems most relevant is, uh, their level of shame Um, the level of um, permission that they have given themselves or they've been given to trust that their body is actually responding to the field in a really profound way. So if So what does that mean there? That you kind of lost me there. What does that mean? Absolutely. So if I'm with this woman, I think is just so hot. And I have been like, wow, fantasizing about this woman. I finally got a date with her. And here we are, we're on a date. And now we're actually going to go into the bedroom. And oh my God, I'm not hard. Mm. How can this be? This woman has been the object of my desire for months now, you know, and I'm not hard. My first instinct that, you know, my my first response is, what the hell is wrong with me? How can I not be hard? But actually, what we have to learn how to do is, whoa, what am I not seeing here? What am I not telling the truth about? Why am I not hard? 
uh, not as in I need to get hard and I should be hard, but whoa, I'm not, there's something I'm not knowing about myself here and I need to know it or I, I'm not going to go forward. I like to say that the penis is actually the most intelligent organ that it's the mind is not. Oh, I don't know about that. I've had some, it's gotten me into some trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's say, let's say the mind and the penis together. (laughs) I'll just, I'll just take my penis out of the running here. Don't don't take your penis out of the running. (laughs) No, we can talk about that. The kind of trouble, but, um, but to actually, allow that something's happening that needs to happen and how do we encourage our curiosity rather than insist that a certain thing happen so that we do this dreaded thing called perform let's talk about where's this performance that we talk about shame and that's we grow up with thoughts we grow up with things that we, we inherit from parents and family and culture and religion and all that kind of stuff and that that gets gets into our head and gets in the way of us enjoying sex. Correct? Mm-hmm. Is that a, is that a way? okay? And then there's this idea that I've got to perform. So where does where do we get this idea from? I'm not going to remember. I can remember being a young adult and feeling a need to. Oh my gosh, I've, I better show up a certain way here, or I'm going to be a moron. Or the first time I'm with a new partner, it's like, oh my gosh, I gotta. Is that it? Is that why I've got to I've got to rise to the occasion? Yeah, literally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're taught that you need to know about her anatomy more than she does. And we're taught that. Women are taught that. You know, the first thing we ask if after we've been with a new guy, our, our women friends say, did he, you know, did he give you an orgasm? Did he, did he know, you know, did he, did he do X, Y, and Z rather than, were you able to show him what it is that turns you on? Was he curious about learning your particular anatomy? Um, we have a whole culture that just assumes that there is a specific thing that needs to get done and that you're the one as the masculine who's going to go in and just figure it all out. Um, so we're, you're not taught to stand in front of a new woman and say, hey, show me what's so cool about your body. Tell me what turns you on. You show me the parts of your body that you love to have touched the most. And then it's not just a one deal I- inquiry. It's a so you touch her and you say like that. You know, do you, do you like it harder? Do you like it softer? How do you, am I, is this right? And you're in a dialogue, but if we have shame about our bodies, then mostly what's going to happen is I'm just going to expect you to do something to me. And I'm, my standards are going to be pretty low. My orgasm is going to be pretty quick, but that's my standard. So if you can't perform that way, then we're both going to feel like, hmm, something, you're not doing something right. Yeah. Well, I, it's just powerful because, you know, the, I like to think of anxiety. Chip, Chip Conley was a guy that we had on this, uh, on the program, and, and he talked about anxiety being when uncertainty is multiplied by powerlessness. And I'm imagining mm-hmm. if I'm anxious, I'm not going to really be that aroused. Like it's, it's hard for, uh, it's difficult. I won't use the word hard. It's difficult for me to get aroused if, if I feel this like, Oh, what's going to happen here. And so if I'm uncertain about my partner and what, what works with her and I'm uncertain about what to do about that, I don't know if I don't feel like I can do anything about it. Well, now I'm in that place where I'm, I'm going to start to lock down and be in that fearful place instead of aroused and, in, and curious, as you said. 
Absolutely you are. And you know it's so it's so fascinating because sex and fear don't really go together. Those are it's like they're like oil and water. Um, but we've learned over the years to do some pretty significant overriding. And men particularly have learned how to use what is a pretty noble uh, attribute, this mission-driven attribute that the masculine has in a, in in spades. Uh, you've learned, we've taught you how to enroll that task in your sex. And that's just, it's a disaster. Actually. So you're saying we've turned it into like, all right, I'm gonna, I've got a mission here. I'll make her come three times. I'm going to do yep. these five positions and then yep. I'm going to get out of there. And I'm, yes, you know, exactly. and then I'm going to write it down in my journal, my <laughs> sex journal. Oh God. Well, if, if that even happens, that's yeah, right. Right. After I take a nap. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh-huh. And so bringing that kind of energy, that kind of conquest energy, that mission energy, you're saying doesn't help. No. You know, it gets the job done, but is that what you really want to be experiencing in your sex life? But that's actually what we're taught. Men are taught and women are taught that that's actually a successful sex life. Oh, well, then no wonder we don't get that excited about it after a while. So, yes, well, I say uh, thank you to the phallus for not showing up to that. Let's somebody's got to go on strike here. Now I get why he's got the brains here. He's saying this doesn't work for me. This yeah, isn't I'm exciting. No, you go in, but I'm staying back here. I'm done. I think we had somebody else on the show that said he, when he would work with people, he was a therapist and, he, and they would come in for sexual uh, erectile dysfunction, ED, you said that... Uh, he would ask them if they had a hard time getting an erection with their mistress and like, no, I don't have a problem. My mistress, it's no problem. It's just my wife. I have erectile dysfunction. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, well, the point yeah. being is like, yeah, there's something to address there. There's something off sexually. Yeah, absolutely. And okay. we need to listen, not override it, not medicate it. Well, a lot of guys listening, I can imagine, would just be happy to simply have more of the plain old vanilla sex. He'd be psyched to have sex more than once or twice per month with his partner. So how is there some way that we, you know, how, how does he get help in this situation? Mm. The, okay, so the, the guy who is, is actually just saying, I just want to have sex once or twice a month. How do we help him have yeah, sex I'd once or twice a month? I'd be happy just with more of the same, just the plain old sex I got. And, you know, he doesn't even realize there's another world available to him. He just wants, he's not even getting enough of the less than average stuff in his life. He just wants more of that. Like, how, how, do, we, how do we help that guy? Mm. Well, for I'd love to help him by expanding his expectations. And if he's listening to your show, then probably he's already a little bit curious. And so permission to say, you know what, you know what we've been taught this, this idea that we can have that, that, you know, give her three orgasms, and then we're good. I check it off my list, that that's leaving so much on the table that we don't even we don't even know about. What if there could be so much more than that? And what if your sex could actually inform the rest of your life in a way that um, has you more abundant in many ways, including financially. What if your sex energy were inspiring your generative capacity in your life? You could Let's create- talk about that. Let, let's bring that down to earth. So, you, yeah. you've, you've been on the show before and you said that there's, there's really no difference between our sexual energy and our creative energy, our generative mm-hmm. energy. And so if we're blocking our sexual energy, then we're also blocking our ability to go out in the world and create. We absolutely are. Yeah. So what we do in our sex, how we do our sex is in many ways how we do our life. There's not, we don't get to, we're not, if we're satisfied doing this thing over here in our sex, chances are that level of down, that that low level game is infiltrating how we're doing the rest of our lives. We don't get to pick and choose. Mm. 
Wow. I mean, that's, that's really powerful. And so for the guy that's out there that says, hey, I just want a little bit more of the lousy stuff, how, where else is that showing up in his life? Where is he tolerating when there's so much more possible? Yeah. And I, I could just imagine encouraging that guy, well, would you be willing to take a stand that you want to have an exciting sex life? Right. Exactly. Like, like I'm only going to live this one time. I want to have an amazing, exciting sex life, a fulfilling, exciting sex life. Uh, instead of feeling resigned to, well, that's never going to happen. If I if I want to maintain X, Y, Z in my life, then sex life goes out the window. Right. Well, and there's a choice there, and that's a it's a perfectly fine choice. That's we make them all the time. If we want to play small, um, then there are certain things that aren't going to be possible, and that's you know we work we we come up across people like that all the time. And so, do you think it's that if a guy wants to have more sex in his life, that he he needs to learn better skills? And the anatomy piece that you've talked about here so that his partner then craves having sex with him more? Or is it, is, it a, is it more about learning to interact throughout the day leading up to being intimate? It's definitely both. It's absolutely both. Here's an area where the um, practical educational uh, awareness and the volume that we, um, we amass there is very important. And it's also important that we are people who are just turned on, you know, that we're just turned on, that we're turned on by sex, that we're turned on by our partner, that we're turned on by our kids, that we're turned on by our job, that we're just turned on. We're enthusiastic, not, not yeah. necessarily walking around with an erection. No, for no, our kids. no, yeah. no. Yeah, exactly. Turn on in my, so I can, I can define that, that um, turned on by our lives doesn't, doesn't, mean genit solely genital. Um, but it could feel like alive in my whole body, not necessarily an erection, but wow, I can't, you know, there's a fine line for me between being as a man, between being just, wow, I am fully alive here. I'm alert and like erect in my life. Yeah. And, and that tr does translate to the bedroom because I'm available for impact here. I'm I'm avail I'm making myself available to the impact of my life from all streams. Beautiful. So let's talk about the course that you've created, the Magnificent Lover. Mm -hmm. You know what had you created and say, okay, I'm working with these people. Like I need to create a course. What? Why? What's at the course? What's going to happen in this course? Yeah, a number of things. First of all, um, brotherhood's really important. Being witnessed by uh, men, uh, it's true for women too, that, that men need to be able to ha share their experiences of their sexuality and their shaming with each other. And that a lot of permission that men get for the bigness of their energy and, to, and learning how to ride it um, comes from men. And as well as women. So, so immediately just working one-on-one -on -one with men is really beautiful and effective. And yet putting a man in a room full of 11 other men and inviting them to engage with each other on like, here's how I was shamed. Here's what I learned growing up. Here's what I didn't learn. Here's the story I have about what it means to be a man. That is invaluable. And then also giving those men the opportunity to work with um women in a variety of settings and exercises and practices who with whom they don't have any expectation of or they have very little expectation of performing and they have no pre-programming because we haven't been living together for 20 years and you haven't told me to take the garbage out five times a day and you haven't nagged me and you haven't you know <laughs> all that stuff like here we are there's this woman I'm attracted to her but I don't have any pre-programming about she hates me she, you know, she doesn't think right. my... No baggage. No baggage. So I get to really experience the pureness of my story and my shame 
with this woman who's actually here just to care for me. Mm. She's here just to say, oh, you know what I notice about you is, you know, you know what I feel about you and uh, sitting in front of you and you know what I feel is really strong about you and really to encourage him and to hold him um, accountable to what he, to his greatness. That's a phrase we use all the time, you know, holding him accountable to his greatness and when he has lost sight of it. Mm. Well, I mean, that's, a, that's amazing because you bring in women, there's a team of women, and you, you lead the men through exercises with these women. And, and through that, these guys start to get a baseline of like, well, this is who I really am sexually. Yeah. This is, who, this, is, this is what's possible for me sexually when I can leave this other baggage aside. Um, they get to see themselves in a, in a new, powerful way. They absolutely do. They get to slow things way down. That's another thing that we're not taught is to go so slow. So notice what's happening for you as you're sitting in front of this woman. Notice the story that comes up. Do you feel inferior? Do you feel more desire than you know what to do with? What do you do with yourself there? How do you remember how to breathe? And how do you remember how to speak what's happening for you? So that you can have an experience um, of connection with this woman and you can have an experience of yourself in that connection rather than just going to that thing we were talking about where I'm going to perform in this particular way and get this job done. And whew, I did my, I did it. I did my job. Yeah. So they get to slow way down and they get to notice, wow, you know what? Sitting with this woman, I notice this thing happens for me. Sitting with this other woman, I notice this thing happens for me. And they get to practice speaking those things and watching the impact that their truth has on these women. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Big deal. Uh, what types of guys show up to these, to your courses? You know, it's a pretty, it, it's a, we call the Magnificent Lover course in its current form is a, is a somewhat of an advanced course. So men who are already working with folks like you, who have a language about their experience, um, who, who can speak to at least their current um, experience with some words that help convey what, what they're going through. So it's men right off the street who've never done any um, self-reflection um, would have a hard time knowing how to, how to, how to really show up in the course. Right. But these, we've had men from, uh, let's see, 23 to 65 so far. Hmm. Um, men who have come, who are single and have been single for a while and are ready to come back into the world of um, dating and sexuality and engagement there. We've had men who are coming out of marriages that were sexless and fairly high shaming. We've had men who are really involved in beautiful partnerships and they want more. They want to learn more about their stallion and they want to get more permission so they can take it back to their woman. We've had all sorts of men. Okay, cool. So it's not just one size fits all. It's, no. it's for anyone that, that um, is really ready to step into this and understands the, the power and importance of having a, a vital sex life. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we can, I'll tell these guys where to go to learn more, but I'm just curious, like the guy that's thinking, well, what can I do today? What's one thing that a guy could do today to improve his sex life? Yeah. So the, the thing I always suggest, cause it's something each man has control over, um, first of all is to slow everything he does down. Doesn't sound very sexy, but everything I'm talking about, you know, you're showering, I'm talking about how you run your board meeting, or how you have a conversation with your son, or uh, how you make love with your woman, and how you touch yourself, particularly, slow down, 
slow down so that you have the chance to actually have your experience. That's the first thing. Um, and then in that, along those lines, um, in your self-pleasure, in your masturbation, masturbate and do it even if you're getting a lot of sex and use that exercise, use that practice to increase your awareness of what's happening in your body because everything comes from that. So don't get lost in your fantasy or don't get lost on, yeah. on something on a screen, but actually masturbate with the intention of having your experience, like what's actually happening in my body when I'm touching myself. What's actually happening in my body when I'm touching myself and have the expectation, set the bar about five levels higher in terms of touching your whole body, not just your cock, and um, expect that you're going to have sensation in other parts of your body. So actually allow that there is an extraordinary machine that you've been endowed with that has the capacity to feel pleasure you probably don't even, you can't even grasp in this moment. Don't just touch your cock. Don't just do the thing that you've learned how to do. Move out, expand your neurology, create new brainwave patterns. All of that is critical. And you can do that right now. Here we go, guys. You just got permission to go masturbate even more. Yeah. And yeah. to do it with a new intention uh, in a way that's going to impact your entire life. So if you want to learn more about Christiane's program, The Magnificent Lover, just go to Magnificent Lover. Dot com and uh, shoot her a note there, and, and that'll put you guys in touch, and you guys can discuss what's possible from there. So, Christian, thank you so much. I feel like we just scratched the surface here, but I, I want to leave some questions out there. I want these guys to contact you. I want them to talk to you and, and, and create a relationship with you so they can dive, dive in deeper. Thank you, Tripp. It's always a pleasure. Thanks so much. If these interviews are helping you, then please visit The New Man on iTunes and leave us a positive review so others can discover the show more easily. Thanks for listening.